Good morning. Happy Friday, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Friday, March 15th, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in Bill's story on page 13, focusing on the fourth paragraph, one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Cindy M, Kim G, Du L, Judy F, and Esther F. The reference numbers for yesterday's meetings, March 14th, Thursday, March 14th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 12,659. That's 12659. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 12,661. That's 12661. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Judy F. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Judy. Good morning. I'm Judy F. in North Carolina, a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for this opportunity to be of service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Judy F. I will now ask for Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Esther. 
Good morning. This is Esther F., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service in my past. Thank you so much, Esther. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, please, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in Bill's story on page 13 on that fourth paragraph, focusing on the one paragraph only. And I will ask Cindy M. to get us started. Go ahead, Cindy. Don't forget to press star one. Hey, y'all. This is... Yes, this is Cindy M. from Campbell, Pennsylvania. Delighted to be doing this service this morning. Um, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within me. Common sense thus became uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself except as my request bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. 
And um, I, I, we, you know, when I read this, when I read this, actually, I, um, I was um, already um, had a, I felt like a close relationship with God, but I, I always prayed for myself and I always uh, prayed for other people and I gave God my list of what he should be doing. And, um, and I didn't hear a lot of, I didn't get a lot of answers to prayers, and I, I recognized when I read this that I really thought that God, you know, that I should tell God what to do, and um, he needed me to do that. But as I um, have been in this program and I worked the 12 steps and read the big book, I recognized that God doesn't need me to direct him. Um, I need him to direct me, and... Um, so I do listen a lot more than I used to, and I do ask God to give me direction and strength. I I read the I uh, pray the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer in the morning, and I I really like how in detail you know this book tells us how to live, and um, and God does for me what I can't do for myself, and He. He continues to do that. I'm just so blessed that I haven't needed to pick up food to uh, for an effect, and um, and that this program really works. And I I keep looking to God. The more I can look to God, the more I can hear His voice and experience Him. And I love listening to the experience of others because it gives me hope that that I. I can expect this from God. I, he really is here, and he really does care about everything. I just need to learn how to sit quietly when in doubt. And thank God I'm learning to do that. I'm, I'm not reacting. It, it's really miraculous. So thank you for listening and giving me the opportunity to serve in this way. I pass. Thank you so much, Cindy. Okay, so who would like to share? And of course, if Jackie you can, um, give it a couple of days if you've already shared yesterday. That would Nancy be great. Nancy 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 I got Nancy P, but that's all I got. Nancy Barbara. H. Jackie B. Sharon K. Barbara K. Barbara E. Jackie B. Reva P. Larry K. Jackie. Larry K. Jackie, what's the Nancy initial? Nancy H. Yeah, Nancy H. Got you. Jackie, what's the oh, initial? You. All right, well, you can give it to me when I get to you. Okay, this is what I got. Nancy P., Barbara E., Nancy H., Sharon K., Reva P., Jackie, I think it's H., and Larry K. I think you forgot Harlan G. He said his name, too. Harlan, happy to put you on there. Okay, so, yeah, we'll go with that group. Okay, Nancy P., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Hey, this is Nancy P. from the Boston area. Thank you for letting me share. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I um, have cause every day to test my new God consciousness. I um, um, wanted to wrap up. I'm going to be leaving my job, and um you know, I didn't, I don't want to. And for example, one of many life situations that I would prefer were different, but um, 
I had to sit and wait and trust. And, um, you know, I'm lucky because I have friends and they're going to help me. And, you know, I have another um, um, very excellent prospect coming right up on the heels of it. So, um, and I haven't worried about it. And I haven't, I haven't wished anything to be different. That's the key thing is that I really haven't wished anything to be different. I'm not angry. I'm not, um, you know, my, my boss would rather that I not leave, but um, I have to. And, um, and I can't believe that I haven't, I've gotten through this. And, you know, I did shed a few tears when I told my boss. And I said, you know, it only hurts until you surrender. And, and then when you embrace the change, it begins to feel good. And, um, you know, my, that was, that surrender is the key to everything. And when I, um, as I surrender, it was like a little green shoot. And now a few days, a week later, I'm past it. It's in the rearview mirror. I'm looking forward and I didn't have to do anything except let go and do nothing. And, um, I never could do that before. I never could do it. Even if I didn't do anything else, I would always pick up the food, always with some life change or life catastrophe or whatever it is that, you know, I got dished up in front of me. I always, always, always found relief in food. And and today, you know, these these days, I don't do that. And I have some, I think, some pretty big challenges in my life. And um you know, I, I, I mean, it's all the same. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I went out on Vision Line. I was picked to share, and I opened my car, and it had been broken into. And I just said, oh, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't share. And, you know, I, I, I got off the line, and I got probably 10 texts and phone calls and messages asking how everything was. I mean, you can't buy that, and, um, you know, with any amount of money. And so to me um, – fellowship both in and out of the program is the jewel in the crown and um yeah i i don't i i've never had such serenity i've never had such peace of mind even though it's uncomfortable i have to say that again like nothing in my life is especially easy but all of it is doable because i sit and i wait for um a message from my higher power with some uh, not that I don't trust my higher power, but I do ask people who I trust what their opinions are, and I get counsel from them because I can't be trusted. Time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Okay, Barbara E. followed by Nancy H. Go ahead, Barbara. Barbara, press star one, please. We can't hear you, Barbara. Am I heard now? Yes. Please oh, my first, my first time. So sorry. Abstinence for me was just the beginning. I needed an outside power source. And believing in one was step three. I love this page, 13, because it, encompass, it encompasses all the steps that Bill took, one right after another. For me, I offered myself to God as I then understood him. God is or he isn't. You can't leap one way or the other. Surrendering as much of myself as I then understood him, as much as I understood of God. I still don't understand him, but I'm pretty convinced that I'm not meant to. 
just trusting that he loves every hair on my head is enough. And if you're bald, he loves your shiny, smooth, bald dome. If I thought abstinence was enough, that would have just meant it was another diet. And the first three letters in diet is D, that I would fail again because relying on me is not good. I'm a sick puppy. I can't eat safely because of the allergy, and I can't stop when I want to because of the mental twist that always leads me back to the food. So I love that it says I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. For me, that's step 11. Common sense would then become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me meet them. I love this book because it's so clear. It's almost the cliff notes. Here's the the doctor's opinion. He's telling you you have a disease. Then you've got a guy, Bill, who had it too. And three, here's how what you have to do to change so you don't pick up again. That's chapters 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. And then at the end, there's some stories to tell you all about how other people did it too. I had to get access something that would guide my thinking. That's where those steps came in, to clear away the gunk in my head to wipe my lenses clean, to do the soul surgery that would be required if I was to be recovered. But if I don't do steps 10 to 12 every day to stay connected with my higher power, my lenses will get dirty all over again and I'll certainly crash and burn. That's why I'm here every day. As someone says, wash, rinse, and repeat. It's true for me. Bless you, I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara E. Nancy H., followed by Sharon K. Go ahead, Nancy. Nancy, star one to unmute. We can't hear you. Can I be heard now? Ah, there you are. Oh, sorry. I'm Nancy H., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. I was to think, test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Um, there was a time that I would test my thinking by what Nancy wanted to do. I would just barge ahead and not stop to ask God what his will was. And now I have this inner consciousness that of my higher power that gives me common sense that... Uh, allows me to sit before I act. I, um, I've i been doing many things with, without God's help in the past. I've been kind of uh, doing what I think was best, and indirectly I was telling God that I thought I knew better and I could run my life better. So today I have, uh, actually I was writing to someone last night, and I wanted to, I was very impatient, and I wanted to say I just said, and that's what I wrote on my text, I just said, that, you know, and repeat what I had said. So, like, almost like, dummy, don't you understand that I have already told you that? And the minute I I got this voice inside of me that said, you don't have to say I just said. Just take that off and write yes and, you know, repeat what you said. And so I did that, and um, 
I have a cousin that I'm kind of in charge of uh, because he's in a nursing home with a stroke. And um, I I bought some minutes for his phone, and I had to have it reactivated. Well, usually I come on like a bull in a china shop, and I say, well, it's not my fault that it was reactivated and, you know, that it was deactivated. And what I said this time was, well, what would we have to do to get minutes on his phone and get it operational again? And the man was more than happy to help me because I was acting like a human being rather than a bull. Um, and never was I to pray except for a request as bore, bore my usefulness to others. I used to think that I wanted to have God's help for the day so that I could have more or less what I wanted to do for me. And now I'm starting to do service again, and it's just amazing to me how grateful I am that I can do service. So I couldn't expect to hear God's word, uh, God's messages, when I was just going on my own way and not paying attention. But now that I take a pause before I do something, I find myself acting totally different. And that, to me, is a miracle because my recovery in the past was not like that. I've had that uh, spiritual awakening that allows me to work this program and uh, to do steps 3 and 11 every day and to keep it in mind all day long instead of just one you know, one hour. At a, I do it one hour at a time. It used to be one day at a time without consideration for what I could do for others. So I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful that you let me share. Have a great day, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Nancy H. Okay, Sharon K. followed by Reva P. Sharon, you're up. Hi, this is Sharon from Toronto, near Toronto in Canada. Um, oh, I love this section. I, um, you know, the truth is that my natural tendency is to not test my God consciousness, and when I do that, I'm often moving forward completely out of my defects of character. And for me, that's often fear and control. Um, And it's only by sitting quietly and waiting till I am completely clear. And I usually need a combination of God and other people to do that. I um, recently had an issue where someone sent me an invoice, $1,000 more than I expected and more than we had agreed on. And my initial reaction was to push back. Um, I called someone in program and we agreed on some boundaries and that kind of thing. And I still didn't feel right. And it was only by sitting and spending the time with God that I got clear that she had done really good work, that I had a sense that it was going to cost more. And the right answer was to pay her invoice. When I don't take the time to really wait until I'm clear, I do damage. And I'm just like a bull in a china shop. Thank you. Thank you. Sharon Kay, Reva P., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. These paragraphs are amazing because it shows me after a few days with the alcohol down how quickly Bill is working through all the steps. And this paragraph for me describes steps 10 and 11. And um, I, I was to test my thinking. That reminds me I have to practice. I can get the skill set in steps 4 through 9, but I practice, practice, practice 10, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, and sometimes the same issue over and over. Um, And that's how I deepen my understanding and my connection um, and my recovery. 
And, you know, step 10 comes before step 11. So the common sense becoming uncommon sense, for me, my common sense is it's all about me. And I want what I want. And if I can get what I want, then I'll be happy. That, be, that used to be my common sense. But by actually doing the step 10 process, where it's really I'm going through 4 through 9, that common sense becomes, I see the insanity of it. Um, and I have this, I don't even know what is the right um, way to turn it any, call it anymore, because I now see how my old common sense is, is really um, not so sensible at all. But once I've done that, once I've done the work of step 10, then I can ask because I'm unblocked. Um, if I'm blocked with resentment and fear and all this stuff that I'm telling myself that makes no sense at all, um, I can't really get the guidance. So then I ask for direction and strength. And I love this business because like other people have mentioned, I always prayed for what I want and I can still tend to do that because I think I know what's right for me. I think I know better than God. Um, but it tells me never. It's never going to work. And not only is it not going to work, but when I do what's right and I follow the directions of step 11 and pray rightly, I receive in great measure. And what does that mean that I receive? I don't necessarily receive the material things, but I receive the peace and I receive the freedom and that whole personality transformation, that's what we get when we do the work. Um, and, and that is a greater measure of receiving than anything that I thought you know, I needed to have to make me happy. Um, and with that, I pass. Amy, star one on mute. I didn't realize I was muted. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you, Reva P. Jackie B, or Jackie H, is it, followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Jackie. Jackie, star one on mute, please. I think the line might have been muted. So just throw one Jackie. Yeah, it's Jackie B. from the Bronx. Okay, great. Jackie B. Yeah, hi. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for your service. Um, You know, for me, uh, this is very important because, you know, being willing to be open to my higher power and uh, not try to manipulate or control or cajole other people is really the cornerstone of my recovery today. I have integrity today, real integrity, not just saying I have integrity. Um, I know today that I try to have a positive look. Before it used to be, oh, you know, I used to think being negative was the norm. And today being positive is the norm for me. As long as I'm positive and willing to accept life on life's terms and ask for my higher powers guidance for whatever comes up. I mean, it could be from a a hangnail to, you know, uh, a friend's mother being in a hospital or, you know, or 
anything. It could be my daughter having a tantrum or nobody's leaving the house on time so I can get to work on time. You know, all these things are just life. The difference is I don't use food to calm myself down. I don't use anything other than saying, God, I can't control it. I didn't, con- I didn't cause it. So I just have to live and be present. You know, um, I am so grateful for that. Um, today, I am willing to listen when people have constructive criticism and I say, oh, yeah, take their inventory. Um, instead, I say, well, does that have any merit? And then I call somebody in program and say, you know, people are saying this. I don't know. And they'll help me write and decide on whether or not I need more insight. That's the difference. Today, I am willing to be quiet, pause, and not react. It used to be an impulse. Now, my impulse is to say, God, is there something I need to know? Is there something I need to be aware of? And once I do that, my world opens up. And as long as I follow my food plan, which is just to keep those ingredients out of my body so that I'm not sitting there obsessing, about food, but just being open to life and life's terms. So wherever you're at, that's okay. Be willing. That's all you need to be today, willing to change, willing to be accepting, willing to have integrity today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Okay, Larry Kay, you are up, followed by Harlan G. Good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service. Um, you know, I, I I would come to meetings when I, when I I don't know if I was if I'm the only one on the line that was like this. I suspect not. But when I first came into meetings, I would hear this stuff. Now I, I was eating before I came into the meeting, and I had planned to eat when I left the meeting. Quite frankly, but I when I would hear any discussions about this God consciousness that was so foreign to me, I just wanted relief. You know, maybe I'll, maybe in that foxhole I'll, I'll pray. And I would. I bet Bill did too. You know, God help me to be sober today. And then I wouldn't. And it was so defeating. And it was so, it was just, um, it was just really difficult. And so for me, testing this new God consciousness comes when my actions change first. I put the food down, I put the vomiting down, I put the needle down, I put the behavior down, whatever, whatever it is that we have this, this twofold nature of this illness. And that, that, that really sucks. It's, it's no fun to put that down. And then I get busy and I'm, 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 I'm crawling out of my skin. I don't care if I come to a positive meeting like this one. I'm, there's someone on the line that's crawling out of their skin. They don't want to hear about this. That was me. I can relate. And that's where common sense becomes uncommon sense, because the only thing that made sense to me was picking up the food. My senses, how I process stuff in my environment is broken. It's broken. I need, to, I need God to change that. But I better practice patience and do the work. Notice that Bill did not think his way into testing the new God consciousness before he took definitive action. He didn't think his way into this thing. Many mornings prior to to that, he probably woke up and said, I'm done. God help me, I'm done. And guess what? Like me, he wasn't done. 
the 12 steps allows us to act our way, taking definitive action, act our way into a transformation of heart where we no longer think, feel, or behave in the old way. And here's the amazing thing that I found. It's sustainable. It's sustainable for a lifetime. Imagine that. Sometimes when life throws me a test, something really tough, I wonder why I can't seem to hear my higher power. Where, 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 this higher power? Where, where's this higher power? What are you talking about? But it helps me to remember that my teacher remains quiet while I'm taking the test. That's when I get to really internalize the lesson. I need to take action. If I want to know what other people know on this line, I have to have the courage and the patience to take the action and trust in the process. Otherwise, if nothing changes, nothing's going to change. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Harlan G., you are up. Thank you, Amy, and thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. We are talking about Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Now, that wasn't enumerated then because it was the Oxford group then. There was no AA, and this book was a few years away from being written. But what is step 11, which is the first step I take every day? The first thing I do every morning is take step 11 um, because that's how I begin my day. It says upon awakening, I am here to do God's work. I am not here to do God's job. And this step reminds me every single day that God's will far supersedes my will. His vision far, far exceeds my vision. On page 19, I'm going to be told that we feel the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Bill has the liquor down. He's, he's been separated from the liquor hope for the last time. Now he is looking to do God's work. Now, I hear this in program all the time, and it is not true for me. And this step is a solid reminder of it. And this is what I hear. I hear that abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. For me, that is false. I know there's some people on the line that have just plotted because I said that. Abstinence is not the most important thing in my life without exception. The deepening and expansion of my spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others is. And in the aftermath of doing God's work, in the aftermath of expanding my spiritual life through service and self-sacrifice for others, the urge to eat compulsively simply is removed. It is not there. It is not there. And this paragraph on page 13 is step 11, but on page 87, there is a reflection paragraph to it that says we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily 
see why. God's will, not my will be done. He knows better. I'm going to look to expand my spiritual life today. And in the aftermath of that, I will look back and I will not have compulsively overeaten. And that's my timer. I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harlan G. Okay, so we are now going to open the line for more sharing. Just a reminder that we're on page 13, the fourth paragraph, focusing on that paragraph only. So who would like to share? Anita B. MG. Anita Kathy B. G. Leah M. G. Leah Do L. Kathy G. Do L. Probably fit in another person, maybe. All right. Okay, so here's what I have. Anita B, Kim G, Leah M, Kathy G, Do L. All right, Anita, you're up, followed by Kim G. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for everybody being on the line today. And uh, I am I was actually um, studying how it works on page 62 last night, and I have triple underlined, you know, we had to quit playing God. And then this morning I get on the line and we read how, you know, God is the answer. Uh, you know, I have to do everything for him, through him. And I have um, confrontation this morning at work. And there's, you know, I have to steal somebody's saying, is it odd or is it God? You know that I got to read how I can't play God and how, you know, I have to let God be God and do through me what he wants to build with me you know, whatever is supposed to be today, and I'm scared to death that I'm going to screw it up. So um, I just, you know, I was up most of the night thinking over and over again. So, like, I have to trust in the process and, uh, you know, get on my knees before I go to work today and pray for his guidance and my um, courage to, to do what I can't the wisdom to know what I'm supposed to do. I'm praying for that wisdom. So thanks a lot for letting me share. Thank you, Anita B. All right, Kim G, you're up, please, followed by Leah M. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, a recovered compulsive overeater. I was to test my thinking. So, so what are we testing? You know, Reaver really put it out beautifully that I learned the skill set in four through nine. But what use is the skill set if I'm not going to use it? So I am testing that skill set in steps 10 and 11. You know, I love the line on page 88 after we finished up 11 where it says, we alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we just outlined. And the simple way we just outlined is steps 10 and 10 and 11. You know, in 4 through 9, we had this luxury of looking back at the last 20 or 30 years of our life. But in step 10, that's the real-time step. The jerk just cut me off in traffic. My boss yelled at me. My kid screwed up. My family is disappointing me. How can I utilize step four through nine in real time? That I look for my selfishness, my dishonesty, my resentment, my fear. I ask God to remove them. I speak to a recovered fellow. I make amends where necessary, and then I get my mind off of me and think of somebody else. And step 11 is actually three practices. I used to say that I did step 11 just because I said the serenity prayer 30 times a day. If I'm not doing these three practices, I'm not doing step 11. So what are those three practices? At night, I'm reviewing my day. I'm taking four through nine, and I'm looking at the patterns over that 24-hour period. And the two big things I see different between step 10 and my nightly review 
is I'm asking what corrective measures should be taken and what I could have done better. Because if all I'm doing is just doing step 10s to get relief, I'm going to be doing step 10s the rest of my life because I'm not going to change so that those things don't disturb me anymore. And then in that morning routine, that's a proactive step 10, the way I think it's proactive four through nine. Because I know what's going to screw me up. I'm selfish. I'm dishonest. My resentment, I'm fearful. Why do I have to wait till it even happens? Why can't I ask God to separate me, divorce me, to remove them from me in the morning? And then I'm going to pause throughout the day because I'm going to constantly try to go back to the self-will and I'm going to take my spiritual temperature throughout the day to see how in touch I am with that higher power. And my personal experience is as I'm finishing up my step nines and I'm already practicing 10 and 11, my step nines decrease because I'm, I'm short-circuiting it, that, that thought system before I cause harm. And the more step tens I, the more I get into step 11, the less step tens I have to do because I'm not getting as disturbed because I'm, I'm in with that higher power. But I also unravel the same exact way. As I let up on step 11, my 10s start popping up because I'm getting disturbed. And if I let up on step 10, then I start to have to do more amends because I'm getting to the point where I'm causing harm again. So recovery is a consistent process of growth and understanding. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Leah M. followed by Kathy G. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm grateful for this way of life. I mean, the whole program of recovery is a process of correcting my will. Um, you know, I made that decision in step three to work the steps four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and now I live in 10, 11, and 12 because God gives me free will, and I can utilize that free will to self-destruct and to hurt those around me, or I can utilize that will by aligning with God. And this is a daily practice. Prayer and meditation are my daily treatment for my spiritual malady, my daily prescription to bring me uh, to God-reliance rather than self-reliance. You know, it used to be my, <laughs> my way of life was like an old pinball machine where you pull back that spring and that metal ball just catapults around the pinball machine. Ding, 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 and the lights are going off and the ball is, you know, moving about and banging into the bumpers and all, you know, <laughs> all kind of commotion going on. My actions are the result of my thought processes. So my thinking used to be my greatest obstacle to a better life. My thinking, all action is born in thought. But God not only gave me free will, he also gave me the intelligence, the mind, to carry out the actions that are required. So I need to elevate that mind each and every day, several times a day, many times a day, because that will and intelligence of mine is, you know, are the things that set me apart from other creatures, right? But I got to get it aligned. This program of recovery, these steps that we take every day, this way of life is my compass, you know, it to directing me to true north. It's the instrument that I use each and every day, many, many times a day for navigation and orientation around my life, all the characters on my stage in life, all the situations, big and small, that come up in my life. Yes, steps four through nine cleared out the sludge of myself in the channel to allow God's grace to flow freely and effectively in and through me. Step 
step 10 is I'm in, you know, every day I'm intending to keep that channel open and clear so that in 11, you know, I can improve that and strengthen that relationship with God and it, to inform my mind, you know, that this is, this is the direction I'm going in. This is the direction. This is an elevated thought. It's God's will, not my will be done. And that's something I do each and every day, not perfectly, but um, the steps are the process that, you know, enables me to have that momentum. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Kathy G., you're up, followed by Ju. Go ahead. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everyone. It's Kathy G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Illinois. Uh, thanks, everyone, for all the shares this morning. I wanted to share um, a practical application that I have for this paragraph, especially this sentence, common sense would thus become uncommon sense, and then I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Recently, we've gone through a challenge with our 16-year-old Uh, who's dealt with some uh, medical issues that we're getting to the root of and has had to miss a tremendous amount of school. And so I was getting these letters from the state. She's chronic absentee and feeling some pressure from teachers and whatnot. So I went to the school, set up a conference, met with some teachers. And I mean, there was a lot of prayer involved in this. I was just like, God, please show me your will. Show me the way to get us through And I felt like I was yielding to a prompting within that. And I felt this sense that God had something even better for us than this. Because my daughter was struggling at the high school. She's a great student, but she just, uh, she's beyond her years. And and it's just not a great fit for her there. So rather than going into the fetal position, uh, as I used to do in the past, you know, with a box of food or bags of food, I just felt this sense of what action steps can I take? What can I do one step at a time to step into a new possibility? And it was the most amazing thing. It was like one door open, then another door open, and another possibility. And now we've taken her out of the public high school. They have provided an at-home tutor for 10 hours a week. And when, and I prayed for this person because it's not easy for a kid to, you know, get along with a teacher like this. And this guy came to the door and it says here in the last line um, that when we open ourselves up like this to prayer, um, we might then expect to receive and it would be in great measure. Well, all I can tell you is that basically Fred Rogers came to the door with his little easel and his stuff for her and these two are just the best of friends. And she is absolutely flourishing. Her one course of real trial was math. And he's a former math teacher. He's a bus driver for kids. He's, he's the sweetest. And she is just soaring. And I'm in awe. I did not have to eat through this. I can keep working my program. So I am just so grateful for these tools for living that work in my life and for the transformation that has taken place as a result of these steps. So to the newcomers, just keep going. It works. It really does. Um, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Kathy G. UL, you're up. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. 
Good morning. This is to uh, recover compulsive overeater from New York. Um, everyone's covered this this paragraph very lovely. Um, what I what it what spoke to me this morning was the um, common sense that's become uncommon sense. And you know what was my common sense? My common sense was to get up every every day and binge my brains off, and you know, and follow my own thinking about self-destructive habits, self-destructive behavior, and think that was okay. And that was the common sense, right? I knew better. I knew how to take care of myself. No one had to tell me what to do. And um, and I didn't have to take anyone's direction. And the uncommon sense was to follow direction, to go through the step work, to um, connect to a power greater than myself that would give me direction would give me the love and care that I needed and the guidance that I needed. And so, you know, if I think that, you know, common sense is to come into program and get connected to this higher power without actually going through the step process, right, to getting unblocked with the self-will and getting connected to the higher power, then I'm not going to be very successful. You know, I, I can try that. That was my common sense, trying that over and over and over again and failing repeatedly. This is talking about something different. This is talking about the uncommon sense where, you know, I go through the step work, I get connected to a higher power, and then I test that God consciousness. How am I going to do that? Well, on page 86, it says that when we are placed on a thought life um, uh, the, our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. So that's the first thing that needs to happen. I need to be clear of the wrong motives. And then when faced with indecision, I pause, relax, and take it easy and ask God for inspiration on intuitive thought and decision. See, now I'm not running the show. My uncommon sense is to connect to this higher power that's going to give me the direction and and eventually, that's going to become a working uh, process, a working part of the knowledge, but only if I do the work, only if I connect to the higher power that's going to give me the directions. And how does God give me the directions? Through the steps. That's how he's done it for this addict. Um, I can't do it any other way. I haven't found any other way. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has found any other way, but I know I didn't find any other way. And so I tried this approach, and this approach really worked for me. You know, now today, you know, I keep improving my conscious mm -hmm. contact with God by just doing the things that he asks of me. You know, not doing it according to my will, but according to God's will. And what's God's will for me today is to, Perfect. you know, be in line with stepping into his work, which is helping others, helping myself, and following directions. If I can follow directions, then I can get connected with God. That's as easy as it gets. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Bill. Okay, so we have time for about one more share. Vanessa like K. Vanessa? Yes. Vanessa K., go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Vanessa K., recovered in Ohio. Um great shares this morning. Thank you. And I don't share very often, but I had to talk about the two words common sense. 
that I heard today. Um, I have learned, and I can give you numerous experiences that I have had where I have done the same thing over and over and over that has caused me great pain. And one of those is as a 49-year-old, about six years ago, I was having, I had a, still a severe bulging disc in my neck. And through a series of things that happened, I realized that again, I had done it to myself, that I had carried my bag and my laptop bag, my purse on my right shoulder for as long as I had carried a bag and a purse. And there was a period where I was ill and I stopped carrying it. And I noticed that that pain wasn't there anymore. And when I finally switched and, and started carrying something different, my natural instinct was to still daily put my bag on my right shoulder, even though that strap was no longer long enough to do that. And it was, again, a reminder to me that I will continue to go back to my common sense every day. And I do it throughout the day. But I was talking to a friend who's not in program, and they didn't understand the program. And a friend of mine in program said, why would you talk to somebody outside about the program when, in essence, they're still relying on their own common sense? To me, this is the shift. This is, and to try to go back to it throughout the day, the, the learning the practice that you guys have taught me to continually go back to the source throughout the day, no matter what's going on, no matter where my common sense wants to take me. I now have to go back to the source. I have to start it upon awakening. I have to feed it and be with it at night. I have to stay with it through work. I have to stay with it throughout the trials of the day in front of me and tomorrow and the next day, all while learning to stay in today. And unfortunately, my common sense doesn't allow me to do that. And it's a shame because on paper and in presence, I look like I have it. But boy, have you guys taught me that I don't. And it was only through the practical application of these steps, through listening to you, being with you, and the texts that are coming through today, this morning, letting me know that you guys are all thinking of me on a big day ahead of us for our family, that there is a source to go back to. I know how to do it. I work daily at practicing it. And with that, I no longer have to rely on my common sense. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kenneth Kay. And I'd like to thank you for everyone who has shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following the closing. And thank you everyone who gave service, all our readings, and everyone for readers and, and everyone for an awesome meeting. Today's um, code for March 15th, Friday, March the 15th, today's code is 12664. That's 12,664. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Kim, would you please read us uh, 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.